very very excited about today i'm very um, nervous i'm so excited uh so for today um instead of a fun fact i've decided to pick out me and chris's cat's names that we will be using for this episode okay chris oh my god i'm this. so excited for this <laughs> so you have a lot more options than i do so i went ahead and i gave you two because chris rhymes with a lot more of the cat names so uh-huh. you have two options um you have mr christopheles <laughs> okay <laughs> Or you have Chrisabelle, the glamour cat. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Which one do you want? Oh, God. I mean, I resonate <laughs> so much with Grizabelle, but I, Christopheles <laughs> is just, the pun is too good. Okay. I mean, Mr. Mr. Christopheles. Christopheles. <laughs> okay. And so mine were very limited. So I tried to make McCavity work with McCavity Camavity. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't work. Um, so I am old Cateronomy. Oh, old Cateronomy. Oh, sure. You make yourself the head honcho. I see how it is. I wanted to be the villain. I tried very hard to make that work. Yeah, I think that's... I wanted to be naked, naked Idris Elba uh, dancing around the downtown. Poofing square. around. Abducting cats. <laughs> abducting cats. Oh, my God. Apparating into thin air. So if it isn't obvious, I, Mr. Christopheles... Mr. Christopheles. And... um. Cateronomy here, old Cateronomy. Old Cateronomy. Normally, this podcast is exclusively about horror films and how I hate them and how Kate, I don't know, finds some sort of weird sadistic pleasure in them. (laughs) Um, But today we're deviating ever so slightly from theme and (laughs) we're going into (laughs) what is not strictly horror, but is objectively the scariest movie we've reviewed. Absolutely. The 2019 cinematic production of Andrew Lloyd Webber, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats. <laughs> I wonder what Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber thinks of this. I, I didn't look it up. He was I'm part of the production, so let's not defend him oh, too quickly. No. So he knew about this? He knew. He contributed. <laughs> he witnessed no. from beginning to end. And to and the he aut- just stood there as they just slaughtered he it. Slaughtered his baby. <laughs> oh god. His mangled. Anyway, um, like just his mangled cat baby. baby. Um, but I would like so to yes, apologize I- to you all in advance for this episode. <laughs> um, well, th- to be fair, this was kind of their decision. So this it's started true. out you as a joke. It, it started out as a joke when the trailer came out, which was um, quickly shared as a horror trailer. Um, yeah. 
I am shocked that it hasn't been recut into like a horror trailer. It must be. Someone's good. I, I couldn't find it, so I'm going to have to do it myself. <laughs> but you've no choice. You guys, we joked about it, and then a bunch of people wrote in and they voted to make this our next horror movie. So here we are. Here we are. I mean, I guess there's no need to <laughs> cut it into a horror movie trailer because it, it already did such a good The shot. original. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, if anything, anyway. they should have cut it to be like a whimsical Broadway musical trailer. Then that would have been fun. <laughs> that would have shown some real effort <laughs> on their part. Okay, so normally we, this is the part where we do a synopsis of this movie. Chris, how do we, how do you, how do you describe in one sentence? Um, Cats is the timeless and immortal tale about how. People need to learn to accept one another despite our appearances and don't judge a book by its cover. And also cats are full of themselves. And here's two hours of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would agree with that. I think there are a bunch of different ways to take this movie. Mm-hmm. So for myself, what I saw whenever I watched this two and a half hour movie, um, this horror movie, I saw myself being treated to... Um, an underground cult of English cats Mm -hmm. that are competing to be selected by Dame Judi Dench to be murdered by her. Yeah, in in ritualistic suicide. Yes, to go (laughs) into the afterlife. It's unclear. I mean, I don't know. Guys, that's literally the plot. (laughs) If you're not familiar with cats, I'm not making that up. No, yeah, that's that's literally, that's what That's that's what what happens. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean that's that's what cats that's what cats is. That's why it has tickled the fancies of millions for the last, <laughs> you know, 30 years and people love this. It's it's been on Broadway. It, it's had over 8,000 shows on Broadway. And that's that is just Broadway. That's not including other stage productions. The West Ender. Yeah, nowhere else. Yeah, I read that as of 2019, Cats is the fourth longest running Broadway show. It, it'll never beat Phantom, but it, it, it's it going to give a good old try. But it did a lot better than people thought it would. So, oh yeah, unlike this movie. So <laughs> let's let's go back to the musical. Actually, let's go back to the book. Let's go way, way, way back. Yes, T. S. Eliot. So, T. S. Eliot. So the writer for this film is credited as Lee Hall, but I'm just going to go ahead and give credit to T. S. Eliot, who actually wrote I it. I mean, he inspired. He, he wrote he inspired, the lyrics. He inspired the the musical. Like Andrew Lloyd Webber read his read his poems and was like, "I can make a Cats musical about this." And then he stole a lot of the poem lyrics as the actual lyrics for the. Yeah, it's yeah. So this was T. S. Eliot's 1939 children's poetry book. It was called Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, and a lot of people tried to make it into like a musical or like animated something another, and no one quite quite hit the nail on the head. And then. Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber pops up in 1981 and he joins up with Cameron McIntosh, as who most people who are into Broadway like Chris and I are mm-hmm. will know them as the duo that created Phantom. Um, and they're like, we're going to we're going to turn this into the next big thing. And honestly, I have nothing but respect for that decision. Like that was a really, really brave decision. And investors were super uncomfortable like, with that decision. Me? Cats musical about ritual <laughs> homicide. And like, like okay, yeah, wait, wait, wait. but there's like Leotards. a ballet number. It's fine. Like, chill. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So they make this um, absolutely insane musical. And all the people who invested 
did quite well for themselves. So I looked up the rate of return because you know how I feel about rate of returns um, for the investors that bought into the original Broadway musical Mm -hmm. and their rate of return was over 3,500%. Gee, oh my God. (laughs) Holy shit. People people loved this musical. People went batshit over this. I didn't know that. I I knew it was a success, obviously, because it's like it's still fucking running. But like... Like the cat's t-shirt, like, you know, the like t-shirt with like the cat eyes yeah, yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah. So that was the most purchased shirt of the year 20. I'm sorry. 1981. Oh my God. I'm, I try to imagine yeah. being that audience member. Like maybe I'm an NYU student and I'm out to go see my first Broadway musical. It's 1981. I step into the theater. I'm like, oh, it's, it's called Cats. I wonder what it's going to be. It couldn't possibly be a bunch of people running Literally around in cats. feathered leotards singing <laughs> songs with cat makeup for two hours and no obvious plot. No, that's what it is. That's what that's I saw. What it is. Did have you seen this? Like, how familiar are you with cats other than this movie? I'm like with the intimately familiar the with cats. I okay. I mean, cats is one of those musicals that if you're a theater buff, you can't avoid it. You have no right to avoid no. it. You have to watch it. You have to love it. You've got... To, I mean, I grew up knowing the lyrics to the songs of this mu- of this musical. Like, But I will say, and I'm so sorry to give this opinion so early, I never cared for the Cats musical. That's fair. Like, as far as Andrew Lloyd... I'm, I mean, let's be honest. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber's work. Just because his, he's like he's wildly derivative and he essentially plagiarizes himself habitually forever, and that's mm-hmm. fine. We all have choices. I mean, if it make. works, if it if works, it makes it millions works. of dollars. <laughs> oh no, he he's great at commercial Broadway shows, and like I have to give him respect because he makes Broadway palatable to the masses. And I think that part of the reason that Broadway and theater is still culturally relevant is because of people like him making musicals yeah. that people are like willing to go see over and over again for 30 years. I mean, he was knighted for God's sake. For God's sakes, the queen <laughs> knighted this the man queen herself. But like this movie, th- I mean, this musical is ridiculous. It's always been ridiculous. It's never been one of my favorites, but there are, there's a certain deep rooted nostalgia that I have for this musical that, We'll get into it, but this movie may or may not have respect. Ooh, that. stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned, guys, for this hot take. <laughs> um, so I myself am extremely familiar with cats. I've actually never told you this, Chris, but I have danced with Rum Tum Tugger himself. No, you're lying to me. No, I'm not lying to you. I am not lying to you. So whenever I was in elementary school, we had to do, like I was probably in fourth grade, and we had to do a group book report on we're studying like England so we had to do an English book and they would like assign them to us and I got the possums book Mm -hmm. of cat stuff Mm -hmm. and I was like what is this and then so I just got like low-key obsessed with it and then I went to the library because the library had this movie for you could get it for a quarter guys I swear to god I'm not 80 years old (laughs) you could rent it for a quarter and so I rented it and I was like what is this because honestly like like you watched like the 1998 movie the 19 yeah the like film the stage Mm -hmm. recording and I was just like absolutely obsessed with it because like whether or not whether or not you are into 
people grown adults dressed in leotards dancing around in cat which i am the ballet (laughs) (laughs) exactly the ballet aspect is absolutely incredible the costuming is what makes it like it's absolutely enthralling the lighting and the special effects are just really extravagant and cool the story well it's not really about the story right there isn't really one it's a bunch of poems kind of loosely tied together yeah i mean i mean if you look hard there is a plot to cats and we'll get into that a lot mm. more because that's one of the greatest criticisms that people have for cats in general <laughs> is that there's no plot line there is there it's just you know you have to understand you the really elusive ways of cats to really like see it <laughs> sure but so i um i saw like the 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 like f- movie film of it mm-hmm. in like the 90s or whatever but then my uncle dave who i've told you a little bit about but he is like this southern like the grumpiest intimidating looking man you've ever seen in your life Mm -hmm. he surprised me and he just like put me in his car and like took me to like the biloxi casino in mississippi and they were showing it oh he like got us tickets and like we had these like crappy tickets like way way in the back and then they saw me and they're like hey we're gonna just like put you at the very front (gasps) just because like i was like a little kid i guess isn't that cute and then um rum tum tugger like jumped off of the stage and danced with me no that really happened. Oh my God. Look at you. So, all to say, I have a very intimate relationship with this movie. Oh my God. I'm sorry. With this musical, not this movie. I'm so glad that we are like so amazingly on the same page going into this. Like, this has never happened, people. Like, the whole point <laughs> of this podcast is that we go into the movies on staunchly different pages. Well, if we just did the our Broadway podcast, as you've been suggesting this whole oh time. Oh my God. It would just be us agreeing with each other the whole time. <laughs> Wasn't it great? Yes, but it was. Yes, it was. Just a big circle jerk of Broadway mm-hmm. for an hour and a half. But that's not why you guys are here. You guys don't have to be Broadway buffs to like what we're talking about today. Because no. today we're going to be absolutely ripping apart this movie. Let's just put our opinions out there. It wasn't good. It was trash. <laughs> like, honest to God. <laughs> heaping, flaming garbage. Like... If I like in the dictionary, you look up like Urban Dictionary, you look up the phrase dumpster fire. This is it. It's just a picture of Idris Elba in his <laughs> with his bulge, however with his creatively bulge, no. like, edited out. That was Jason Derulo's oh, right, bulge. Jason. Everyone else, uh, per, per Jason Derulo, everyone else's bulge was like so like they didn't have to edit theirs out, but his they his had to so edit big. out because it was so big. He's like they took mine off and gave it directly to taylor swift it was so unfair (laughs) and like we'll talk about that a little bit but and we'll talk i'll talk about taylor swift's ridiculous boobs in this movie i will talk about the proportion issues but first let's start from the beginning let's start where we always start and that is the film genre so oh my god there's a very obvious film genre for this and that is uncanny valley so (laughs) for those of you who are familiar with uncanny valley it was a term coined i think it was like a japanese professor i'm pretty sure and he um was doing a study in i think like the 80s or 70s with robots he worked at a robotics institute in tokyo and with people's emotional response to realism in robots and dolls and things Mm -hmm. like that and what he theorized is and what he demonstrated statistically is the more that something looks to be human and the more the more they become appealing, but up to a very, very 
a very specific point. Mm-hmm. And then it reaches what is called the uncanny valley where our affinity just goes straight into strangeness and unease and fear. Uh-huh. So like think um, another good example would be like the Polar Express. I, I don't know if you've seen that of movie or if I you're familiar many, with that movie. Times. Right. Terrifying faces in that movie. But you're right. Because it's like it's close to looking real. <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> it. Yeah. It's very close to looking real, but it isn't. And so it's just upsetting horrifying <laughs> yes upsetting and this is smack dab where cats lands it lands right in that uncanny valley and that's why it's so absolutely terrifying because they took for those of you who haven't seen this trailer first of all go watch the trailer um but go watch the whole movie honestly it is worth it just to I understand would, what we're talking about here i will i will say i paid top dollar to actually go watch this in theaters and it was very much worth it for oh me it was not worth it for nick who i made come oh, along poor Nick. oh god i know but so it's cat it's people it's actors and they're they're in like i guess those smeagol green suits Ugh. with like the dots all over them the tracking dots and then they cgi literally everything except for just their face uh. <laughs> So they have creepy ears. They have cat fur that is painted all over mm-hmm. them. But their face is still their face. And it is it is not good. That's one way to put it. Yeah. Not good. It is unsettling. I hate so it. I thought. So much. I thought, <laughs> I thought Uncanny Valley actually fit very well. So that is the genre I'm going with. Oh. No, that fits perfectly. Like, honestly, I watched the trailer for this movie and I couldn't sleep. All I could think about (laughs) was how they had these weird fake cat bodies, but then like very human teeth. And then I started thinking like, would it be better if they had cat teeth? And I was like, no, it wouldn't. That would be way (laughs) worse. It would somehow be worse. (laughs) But like, there was no way out of it. You're right. Because like they broke, they breached a point of realism that made it that nothing they could have done would have made this acceptable. There was nothing they could do. Right. But let me be clear that I don't forgive Tom Hooper for doing this just because that he couldn't have done it better because they didn't, he could have done it. They didn't have to do everything CGI, right? They didn't need to do that. For me, that just felt very lazy. Like I wanted this movie and like, I wanted this movie. A lot of people did. I, well, I wanted to s- go to a movie theater and sit down and watch a bunch of people in feathered leotards and realistic cat makeup dancing around and singing here, here. nonsense. Like, I wanted the 1990s film again, just like, you know, with better cinematography. That's what I wanted. That's right, Mr. Christopheles. Like, you could have done it. That's what we Ugh. wanted, Tom. Ugh. Like I wanted, so and that like, is not what you gave so us. This is the same group that m- created Les Mis, right? And there yes, are so many Tom things about Les Mis that is disgustingly horrible. <laughs> Namely, their very bold decision to do live vocals with a cast of non-singers. <laughs> but we don't need to get into. Well, but we're not going we to get into that. Yeah, I mean, many of the singers in that musical were like excellent singers, but like <laughs> it didn't go well for Chris. Us. The point being, like, Chris, I'm reeling you back. I in. wanted that movie where it's like a realistic like immersive version of the stage play but not just a computerized monstrosity of Judy Dench yeah. having face fur that blends with her obvious fur jacket 
Yeah, so here's another thing. So the visual effects for this team, because I like to talk about visual effects. So it was Industrial Light and Magic, who was famous for doing like literally every movie in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. But also they did, they had Technicolor SA and they had a motion picture company or MPC. So I I, I started digging a little bit into these companies and (laughs) and I found out the MPC is now most recognizable, let's say most infamous for trying to redo the visuals on, can you guess which movie? Sonic. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Sonic of course. Another yes. horror so, film. Exactly. So I just feel, I don't know, that that it, that very much contributes to the horror. And the fact that there were not one, not two, but three different visual effects companies involved just makes it truly way unforgivable. Too many cooks in that kitchen. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about the cast, shall we? So in this movie, so in the story... There are quite literally over 30 named cats, and they all have very specific backstories. Yes. No, wait. In the book, there's fi- over 50. In the movie, they kept over 30, mm-hmm. and they just decided to spend the budget on making every single one of those people an incredibly famous celebrity, So, which they did not need. No. Um, so we got James Corden. We obviously have Judy Dench. We have Jason Derulo. Um Idris Elba, Rebel Wilson, Jennifer Hudson, Rebel Wilson, Taylor Swift, um, Ian McKellen. Oh my God! Literally, name a famous Ian person. Ian McKellen. They're and they they're threw in him a in there. CGI cat suit in this movie. <laughs> like, and they have a solo. And also, I don't know if you guys have have noted, but of all the celebrities I just mentioned, did I mention any singers other than Jennifer Hudson? And Taylor did Swift. Did I mention any? And Taylor Swift. Okay, and two, those two were literally the best part. Of and this Rebel movie. Wilson was in Pitch Perfect. Like she can sing, just like she's not like a singer. I'm not defending <laughs> that casting choice. <laughs> but so with all of those names that I just listed, can you guess what the budget was? Oh my god! And it's not as. A, go ahead, J- guess. Honestly, just the cast alone had to be several million dollars, several hundred million dollars. Yes. All right, go ahead and guess. Oh my god, this movie! I'm gonna say. 450 million so actually no so this is where i was shocked this the budget of this movie was only around 80 million wow i was i I don't i don't i don't know and so my well right because it looks so it looks like it costs a lot of money but it's it's truly a bunch of crap so they really didn't spend that much money on this movie they just spent it on the cast and then kind of hoped that people would come in to see the cast like they didn't spend a lot of money on like choreography or on visual effects obviously they just kind of threw a bunch of money at the cast and okay. hoped it would stick but let's talk about the box Wait, office no, I, for this I need movie. to make two comments about what you just said Go ahead. so we've taken a musical which mm-hmm. the best and most artistic and most respectable feature of the stage production of this movie is the choreography the telling of story via dance, right? Like it is. It's a musical. Like it is. Cats is like right up there with like West Side Story. Um, it, like it is a, it's a play where the dancing and the physicality of the actors directly impacts plot motivation. If you believe that there is a plot, <laughs> you know, like, no, like yeah. the storytelling yeah. is way more in the dancing than it is really in the vocals, which is sort of unusual and it's like the best part of the stage production. Okay, so they they decided not to spend money on choreography. Awesome. Then they decided to do a 100% CGI version of this musical and then not spend money on the CGI. Yeah, they didn't spend like anything on the CGI. So the two 
most like yeah. fundamental aspects of this movie they decided to not spend money on is what you're saying and I hate to be <laughs> yeah and so I hate to be I hate to make assumptions but I have just a strong feeling that as you've kind of mentioned Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber and probably Tom Hooper off, fresh off the tail of Les Mis is just like let's just make some money today I mean as I've said but I have I respect Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber for a lot of the work that he's done for the theater community. However, he's always been a money guy. Like he makes musicals, he makes shows that are, you know, like cookie cutter replicas of each other because he knows what works. He knows what will sell. Love always dies, right? Like no, he, love never dies. That's what like it is. he's he, he's an artist to a point, and he's a businessman everywhere after that. You know. Absolutely, and it's done quite well for He's himself. Done great. But not, but not today, because the bo- the box office for this movie four dollars. This is like the exact <laughs> opposite of like all the found footage films we've done. Like this is Bloomhouse in reverse. Spend eighty yes. million, make four. <laughs> it made on the budget of eighty to one hundred. They made um, sixty seven point four million. And like I hate to st- I hate to say it, but half of that has to be from ironic viewings. Because, oh my god, that's the only reason anyone like, would ever okay. go see this is ironically. It's a bunch so, of theater kids being I like, went, "Let's go like make noise in the theater." Yeah, so I have I have this here. I, I haven't told you about it yet, but I want I brought it with me from the theater. So I went to go see this movie. Like I said, I actually paid money to go see it, um, and they were having. A, a rowdy a rowdy viewing of this movie it was a rowdy sing-along of this the only <laughs> viewing worth going to yeah so um we went there we all got um cat ears that we got to wear that they gave oh us my God, i love this so everyone in the theater is <laughs> everyone in the th- it's like friday night everyone in oh the my god poor nick just in the middle of all cat this ears. <laughs> nick nick who does not watch musicals oh nick who was wanted to be in bed at nine o'clock and i'm dragging him out at 10 o'clock in at cat night ears. to a cat sing-along <laughs> and i literally i'm like drawing whiskers on myself outside the theater with everybody and i'm like nick do you want whiskers he's like do you want me to have whiskers <laughs> like no you don't have to have whiskers but um right before they showed the movie a couple of um staff members dressed up as cats came out and they um handed out these sheets and they explained that this sing-along would have rules. So um, Chris will really like this because Chris has seen the movie. So he's going to understand how drunk I got off of the drinking game they Holy gave shit. us. Holy shit. So oh my God. <laughs> they handed out a drinking game. Take a drink when a cat introduces Holy itself. Holy shit. All right. There's 30 <laughs> shots. <laughs> Literally. Okay. So take a drink when, and this happens way more than you think it will, when things get horny. Oh, my God. That's two hours of shots. It <laughs> happens way more than you think it will. And then take a shot. And this happens way less than you think it will. When someone makes a cat pun. Actually, yeah. they're <laughs> They never made cat <laughs> they puns. Never, they're very, like, serious about it. They're like, yeah, we're cats. Yeah, that's the word. Super serious. And then the last drinking rule was a, you take a drink whenever a cat is captured by McCavity. Oh, okay. Well, there's there's only a couple times that happens, but it does happen. They should have added every time right, the fourth wall is broken because then you literally would have died of <laughs> hepatic failure. Like, there's no way you could have survived. <laughs> I barely remember the end of this movie, and I think that's for the best. Mm-hmm. So, um, there are other there were other interactions involved. It was kind of like a Rocky Horror Picture Show Did kind you have of to viewing. Throw things at the screen. Yes, so they handed out um, handkerchiefs. Excellent. 
So they handed out handkerchiefs, and anytime Jennifer Hudson would sing, everyone would wave their handkerchief in the Love air. Love it. Um, anytime a cat mentioned the Jellicle choice, which for, if you guys haven't seen this movie, um, that's the who whole gets movie murdered. Is about the Jellicle <laughs> choice, which is the homicide victim of choice. They're like, oh, please pick um, me. Oh my God, this is Midsummer, but in cats. <laughs> but cats. But anytime you mention a jell, they mentioned the Jellicle choice on screen. We shouted out our favorite pick. So um, I always picked Scrimble Shanks. Oh, did you really? For for no particular reason, yes. <laughs> so the whole the whole theater as a group voted for Scrimble Shanks to be the Jellicle choice. Oh, how disappointing. Yeah, Scrimble Shanks has like 30 on-screen seconds. <laughs> so anytime the cats want to kiss, you cheer. Mm-hmm. They constantly So anytime Victoria, that, yeah. literally, anytime that Victoria and um, what's her name? Grizabella were on screen. Every, the whole theater just started chanting lesbian cats. Lesbian cats. Lesbian cats. <laughs> so time. true. Um, anytime a cavity was around, we had to warn the, the actors. Mm-hmm. Um. Whenever Rebel Wilson is holding the flesh-colored thing, ask, what is it? Oh, God. <laughs> How terrifying. And there's, and there's a couple of more. But the, the best one, though, there's a scene. We'll get to it. Jason Derulo plays whatever his name is, uh, Rum Tum yeah. Tugger. Your favorite. And my, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he plays Rum Tum Tugger. And there's this weird scene where they all go to, like, a, the cats all bust into a milk bar, I guess. Oh, my God. Yeah. And... There's just like milk spewing everywhere. And we all, they all handed out shots of milk. We had to take shots oh, of fuck. milk. <laughs> oh my God. There was some interesting colored vomit outside of this theater directly afterwards. So that was the night that I had. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. But I got to say, it kind of made it enjoyable. It made this gross bastardization of a beloved stage piece pretty fun. Oh my God. And let's be honest. I've, I've described my nostalgia for this movie, but the, the original, I mean, my nostalgia for the show, the original pr- play is also a disgusting bastardization of theater. <laughs> like, let's be real. But at least a profit. Correct. It started scary. Right, they made it worse. We, it's fine. I want to get into the reviews very, very badly. Oh There's just um, two more things I need okay. to talk about. The first thing I want to, we talked about it a little bit, but I want to talk about Jason Derulo's bulge. Oh, we could not continue without. <laughs> So for those of you who have not, how heard can Rum Tub Tugger not tug his? <laughs> not have a massive bulge. <laughs> what is the, what is there to tug? <laughs> so, um, if you guys haven't read or heard um, or gotten his personal email, Jason Drulo is letting everybody know how upset he is that his whopping penis had to be edited out of this film, mm-hmm. and he simply will not drop the subject. He's pretty much. Um, like angry bragging about his massive all of this and yes and this is in the wake of um i'm i don't have a personal instagram but apparently um there was this this basic okay it was a dick pic that had to be removed from instagram um because jason derulo was like wearing i guess like tight tight wet shorts yeah i'm familiar with the photo yeah thank you (laughs) okay of course and they um he told everybody that um, it was because they won't allow aroused genitalia on Instagram. And he was his rebuttal to this is that it was only semi-aroused. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say so it safe was to fully say, <laughs> So safe to say Jason has a full-on complex about his No rumor. doubt. No one has but, ever questioned that. Although I think that the correct 
move for the studio was not to edit out his bulge, but rather to give him a realistic cat penis, fully erect, barbed, (laughs) barbed ready to go. I got to say, not much that would have stopped me from going to see this movie, but that probably (laughs) would have been the last straw. And I get that their goal was obviously like it. Okay, here's the thing. If their goal was to desexualize the cats, because obviously everyone has their like genitalia trimmed down in their little leotards. So they weren't going to give them like cats down there. Balls hanging out the back underneath their tail. They weren't going to go. Okay, well, then how do you then how do you explain T-Swift's horrifying cat boobs? Oh, my God. Riddle me that. So if you guys have not seen this movie, Taylor Swift is in it. She plays like this femme fatale hype man for McCavity, um, who's the bad guy. And her breasts are so clearly not edited out, but they are quite clearly enhanced. Clearly. Like they're ridiculous. Like it's beyond uncanny. Like, we've it's all just seen Taylor Swift and there's nothing wrong with her appearance. But those no, were not her not breasts. Not at all. <laughs> no, they were not. And like of all the movies to like hype up a girl's breast, like I know they did it to like, I don't know. Who was it? Who She's super flat-chested Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, Keira Knightley. She's like really proud yeah. of it. Yeah. Like they always up her boobs and videos and stuff and she's really open about it. This is not the movie they needed to do No. God, for, no. Where they're cat people. And watching that scene where she's like slinking around and like shimming her like gigantic cat boobies at everybody it all but confirmed to me that 75 percent of the ticket sales were from furries like, oh my god i did not even consider that but you're so right oh yes it oh was my god. the non-ironical they... <laughs> ticket purchases yeah were fully the sexualized. not rocky horror picture show oh 100%. oh my god but like no one was gonna walk out of this like movie theater being like you know it was good but i really needed more <laughs> cat boobies Realistic genitalia. Yeah, and humanoid realistic (laughs) boobs on these cats. They should have done realistic cat breasts, like all the way down the thorax. Just like mammary chains. Give give one of them benign hyperplasia, you know, like just go all out. (laughs) Judy Dench walking around with saggy. She's clearly had a few litters. (laughs) Like old Deuteronomy, just old Deuteronomy making her way around town. (laughs) oh my god oh my god okay so i can't i cannot wait any longer i have to hear the reviews oh my god okay so as you have already alluded to the movie didn't do well and there's a reason it didn't do well because it was bad and as i alluded to (laughs) as i hinted at so it was not i would like you to let's i want to do a game for this one let's guess the ratings ron tomatoes okay tell you what it's a splat 16 no, you're 16. a little dramatic. It's a whole 20% on the critic side. I'm being dramatic. You're right. <laughs> is, they deserve those four The points. audience liked this movie a whole lot more, though. That's because of the furries. Giving it an We've amazing 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. They That's loved it. They reveled for this movie. They were like, yes, shake those breasts. Yeah. I'm going to skip IMDb for a second because it's my favorite. Um Metacritic gives it a total score of 32, which is really bad. (laughs) And the vast majority of reviews are aggressively negative. Like, read them, read them, read them. No one goes calm for this movie. Okay. Like, they like. (laughs) Tell me, tell me. 
Okay, so Chicago Tribune. Yes. God, they hated this movie. They hated it more than anybody else, I think. They gave it a zero out of 100. And the title of their review is Cats Review, colon, Wrong Animal, It's a Dog. (laughs) Oh, damn. And they're like, like, yeah, you know, Cats, it's the movie with memory. And then he goes on to tear it apart. But I love this paragraph where he says... Quote, you just don't like the topic, our 14-year-old told me this morning. So the kid's like, you just don't like that it's about (laughs) cats, dad. You just don't like cat movies. You just don't get it. he's like, true enough. I wouldn't pin it on the species necessarily, though I do have a problem or two with the stage version. I have a problem with the score and with the parts of the show where the cats aren't singing. Other than that, I love it. God, that's excellent. When my mother and niece told me they slipped out of the recent national tour performance at intermission, I thought, well, there's n- there's nothing's for everyone and I'm not alone in this world. So. No, you are not. You Chicago are not Tribune. alone. You are Chicago not alone. Tribune. Um, then he, t- he goes on to rip apart Taylor Swift's uh, um, additional song. If anyone doesn't know the song um, that Victoria sings, Beautiful Ghosts, um, that was co-written by taylor swift and sir andrew lloyd weber but it was not in the original so like taylor literally yeah. couldn't help herself and andrew lloyd weber is literally he's like yeah he's that'll the make money bald mo- monocle man from monopoly and he's like yeah sure <laughs> we can do that for you um austin chronicle does make an appearance in this episode I knew it. Oh, tell me. What they, did they loved say? this movie. They gave it a... I'm of kidding. Of course they, they did because they're psychos. They literally psychos. fucking hated this movie. They gave it a two and a half stars. Mm. And... Ooh. Oh, my God. They love it. So And so he, here, here's the gist of their review. Quote, here's the thing, though. Cats still makes no fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jennifer Hudson's rendition of memory is devastatingly beautiful. And yeah, it you is could beautiful. say the special effects are kind of cool. Hayward's performance no, of Beautiful Ghosts is also pretty feline uh, fine. But like the fine mist of catnips, <laughs> catnip, Taylor Swift's bomblerina sprinkles on her sole musical number. Dialogue was dusted throughout, either trying or failing to create a narrative. Or in the case of Ooh. Jenny Annie Dots or Bustopher Jones, oh, pawing at comedic relief that's never given a chance to breathe or purr if you will. So that's um, Jenny Any Dots is Rebel Wilson and Bustopher Jones is James Corden, mm-hmm. who are full figured actors. Full, fully and, figured. And in this, they, oh my they God. are like de-evolved. They are <laughs> disgusting, like caricature. It's, it's, I'm offended for yeah. them. Like they deserved better. They did deserve better. But you know what? I don't. I almost don't want to give anyone in this movie too much credit because they went in eyes open. They knew it was CGI when they put on the weird little blue suits. Like <laughs> they had to know it. They had to good. know what they were getting into. They just had to know. I'm that casting director must have just really had a really good pitch. Is all I'm saying. Oh yeah. So um. Okay, but Kate, before we go uh, further, what? Please yes. guess the IMDb score. Oh, is it four? Kate, the IMDb score is 2.8. For context, 
<laughs> Troll 2 oh my has God. an IMDb score of 2.9. So Troll is no longer the lowest IMDb Troll score. Troll 2 is critically received better than this movie. <laughs> Soak it in, people. This is reality. This is 2020. Yay! This is the new decade. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Um, That's amazing. That really brings me a lot of joy. Oh, my God. That brings me so much joy. So um, before I don't do you have any more really good ones to share? I know those are the, I mean, the honestly, good ones. the moral of the story is people. They're all fantastic. Movie and I relish the it. moral of the story is that there's more puns in the reviews than the movie. So if you're just here for cat puns, just skip the movie yeah, entirely. Just read the reviews. Go to Rotten Tomatoes and just have a have mm-hmm. a good day. So we've obviously given our opinion about this movie yeah, already. It's, trash. it's hor- horrifying and nightmare fuel. But, okay, for example, and we've talked about the Uncanny Valley. We've talked about Rebel Wilson not once but twice unzipping her skin like it was a flesh onesie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that happens. So there's there's a lot of horror elements to it. And I like horror. So I, I was shocked that I didn't like this movie. But I will say, if I'm being critical of this movie, the acting itself was not horrible. Okay. Like, I feel really bad for them. So I do, before we go by, before we do the blow by blow and literally tear this movie to shreds and eviscerate it, similar to Rebel Wilson taking wait. off her own flesh. <laughs> flesh suit. I twice. absolutely need to give credit where credit is due. So, Robbie Fairchild, for those who don't know, he played yeah, Monk, he did good. Monk Strap. I think it's Monk Strap, sorry. isn't it? He's like the narrator. He's the narrator. The he's the most... He's the cat that most people who know the musical are familiar with because he's he's always there. He's in every scene. He 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 like guides you through the cat verse. He did fucking phenomenal. Okay, he did, he did really great. So good in this movie. His singing was completely on point. He his character choices were the most true to the original. Like he truly did amazing. Mm-hmm. And do you know why he did amazing? Because he's not a well-known he's a actor. He's a professional dancer and he was on Yay! Broadway. He was nominated for a Tony. Like I didn't yeah, know this that. man is oh, like actually from Broadway. He represents everything that's good about theater. And he did so good in this movie. He and I'm really, so really glad well. that they gave this role, this critical cat role to like an actual like this person who could like genuinely <laughs> respect it, right? And like give it the credit. It yes, deserves. I feel you. He did so, so good. Judy mm-hmm. Dench. Okay. They did not Judy give Dench. you a whole lot to work with here, but literally you could do anything and it would be great. I know. We she love did, you, Judy. You deserved better than she this. She did flawless. Laurie Davidson doing Mr. Mistopheles, also excellent. He creeped me the hell but out. He did. I don't know. I, I feel like he did well. And I know Mr. it was the directing. As hell in the I feel bad for too, him. So. I don't. I don't remember him. Like there was too much nuzzling bef- between Mr. Mistopheles and Victoria. There was too. They were too into each other. It was just too horny all the I time. Agree. And I blame the directing because that's obviously not like if it's in every scene. It's oh, not yeah. just they were told like to nuzzle. Yeah. Yeah. It was too much. And it but, yeah, absolutely I, goes without fair. saying that Jennifer Hudson could literally sing my grocery list and I would weep. <laughs> She's so She good. did excellent. And I think her character choices for Grizabella were 
different than most stage productions, but really excellently. I mean, it's kind of like a sad she, cat. But she, yeah, I mean, that's it. true. But I, I feel like her character choices were just like really excellent. I loved the way that she portrayed the songs. I love that she didn't just belt all of memory in her in her like she didn't. Yes vocal like she could have showcased her voice that's because she's a trained singer but she did so well like she made character choices she spoke parts of the song she like and she also does stage so i think that that's showing up she did truly i think i'm catching a trend in who you're giving accolades oh yeah (laughs) it's the stage well yeah because they're the ones who like did well it's oh ian mckellen who is also a stage actor excellent he did excellent with his crappy little role he got of like a sick he was the cat. perfect person for that role though like as far as casting mm. goes i think he did like he was like a- how did they get him what lies did they tell them to get ian <laughs> mckellen and judy dench into a cat okay oh also i don't know if you knew judy dench was actually cast to be in cats whenever it was like a broadway musical oh really i didn't know that actually yeah but she tore like she tore an Achilles, so she couldn't. Oh, do that's it. why I don't know. I was like, I thought I knew. <laughs> yeah, you would have known if she was in it. But like again, all of the people that you've listed, including now Judy Dench, were all in stage productions of some right. sort. And the one person who oh Idris Elba wasn't, and I thought he did very very well with what he had. Yeah, I mean he he did. I, they did him he dirty. Did fine. Yeah, and I agree. I, I do. I, I do think him. that they did him a little dirty, but they also um, they changed the characters quite a bit. So I recommend to anyone who wants to like develop a more honest opinion of this movie to watch a version of the stage production first, or maybe watch the 1990s film version, and then watch this movie to see the differences. Because I mean, McCavity is almost he he is a final hour character in the in the musical like he does not have a major role throughout the entire show like he's he's a last minute introduction no. essentially and so, he's really scary yeah, too and so, and so they <laughs> like, give McCavity like all of these extra scenes and roles that were really poorly fleshed out and poor Idris Elba had no chance <laughs> well they like so the the capturing of the cats and the the apparating. The apparating is what obviously they're like, okay, we want more McCavity. How do we get him out of the scene? He'll just snap his fingers like he's in Harry yeah. Potter and go away. And that That literally happens in this movie, like eight many times. Many times. And he can do it to other people. He just does yeah. It's I, ridiculous. He just does what he wants. But God you know, Idris Elba, I'm so sorry. Like you deserve better, but your your actual acting, like your delivery of lines, yeah, I thought was Yeah, good. I think he did I think he did well. And for what he had. But you know who my, f- for what he had, but you know who my favorite person was other than like the actual ballerinas who Okay, did because really Fairchild's well. obviously the best. Yeah, obviously Fairchild. But Taylor Swift, I thought, did really well. I guess, yeah. I mean, she did she did well. I guess that whole scene was so sensory overload that I honestly couldn't even appreciate it was, it her, was gross. her performance. It was gross. It was a really gross scene. It was like really sexy hype man, Taylor Swift. But I thought her singing was good and I am not a Taylor Swift fan. And I thought the way she like moved around the scene. Yeah. Was I mean, I, yeah. Like the tail swishing was disgusting, but that she couldn't control fault. it. In <laughs> retrospect, I think, yeah, you're right. She she did perform well, but I expect that of her. But the whole scene, the the drug metaphor, the they oh, made the it so much more sinister than what really nip. happened. Like that's not how that song happens in the stage show. And they made it so much creepier. 
I'm not going to lie. I was like two margaritas deep for this. Yeah, season. as you, you would need to be. I don't. I sadly wasn't. <laughs> so I got out alive. Nick was full on asleep for oh this part. God. Oh, my God. I know. But you know who I thought did really poorly and whose acting choice I didn't Please like? tell me. Other than Jason Derulo. Because he was terrible, yeah. He was awful. It was uh, Victoria, what is it? Victoria Hayward? Francesca Hayward, yeah. Francesca Hayward, okay. You like mixed them together, didn't, but I knew what you meant. Yeah, I didn't dig it. I didn't? I thought she had the exact same like mouth open, starstruck face the entire time. Yeah. I think she was clearly picked because they were like, we need a ballerina to do the solos. So Okay, so... They did her so dirty. And I'm not going to defend her as an actress per se, because I agree she didn't like work with what she had very well. Mm-mm. But so Victoria is also a ignorable and like non-impactful character in the original. They added yeah, she's just like some so white cat that's running around. much to Victoria. Like Victoria's whole thing in the original stage production is that she does the first ballet solo, which is super important. And they totally, they took that away from her in this movie. Like that doesn't happen. That's right. She doesn't do it. They just took it away. Like it's supposed to (laughs) be like an honest to God ballet. And they just erased that for some reason. And then just gave her all of these other scenes that we didn't need. And they gave her this role where she was like a newcomer to the colony, which also wasn't true. And they just created this plot line for her. That didn't make sense. It wasn't fleshed out. She had no lines that could possibly have been given well. They gave her a song that I don't think added much. The ghost one? The, yeah, beautiful ghost. I literally forgot it was in the movie. Right? Like, and well, and she started singing, like, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> literally, <laughs> what is this? Like, they just created this entire role for, like, her character that was just trash and unnecessary yeah it's bad it was not and i think it was their desperate attempt of giving this movie a more palatable plot line but that's not what the musical was ever about it wasn't about understanding the plot line it was about you know experiencing the fantastical world of london street cats (laughs) 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 and their annual ritual homicide in the ritual murder the cats just introduce themselves and then they kill one of them yeah it's what is there to understand yeah exactly um so i was i got to go back and because there's a decent amount of talk show interviews and featurettes around this movie i imagine so So i spent like a solid 24 hours like at my computer watching cats featurettes love it what did you mean um, I gleaned that they really did not understand what kind of embarrassment they were making because they, <laughs> they made no all clue. these all these very proud featurettes of them like, this is us going to cat school. And it's like the, them like crawling on all fours and like meowing and leotards. And like, oh, no, don't show people that. <laughs> but they thought people were going to be like super stoked on it. So mm, they posted it. Um, no, um, it's it's like head head talking heads of like every single actor talking about how much cats meant to them growing up. And it's like, oh, honey, no. Please stop. No, stop. But my favorite is af- the ones that they did after the movie came out, whenever <gasps> yes. they had to go and do interviews, mm-hmm. <laughs> knowing that people hated it. So it's uh, it's very clear that they have like a non-disparagement clause of some kind. Because oh, the- obviously. 
Because the easiest thing to do, right, would be to throw this movie under the bus as quickly and as hard as possible. Right. Absolutely. And being like, I did like they edited me weird or I didn't know what the CGI was going to look like. Like I would have I would have thrown this under the under the truck real quick. Yeah, and I'm sure Tom Hooper would have like owned your ass. Absolutely. If done it. so, so that's the only reason that they didn't do that. So, but I was watching this interview and it had um, uh, Fairchild, um, Hayward, and some other cat, Mr. Mistopheles' cat, the but like the stage actors. Sure. And they were talk- they were defending it, and one of the actors it gets so sad. It was Hayward, and she's like, "Well, you know, I would argue, you know, cats always been really polarizing." Which is a good try. but I like, mean, that is true. Like, cats yeah, is something you love it or you hate it. I wouldn't call this movie polarizing. No. <laughs> it's polarizing a- in the sense that we're all over here. <laughs> <laughs> There's no one on the other pole. Yeah. It's very just un- negative. Very unbalanced polarization. Man, it was just, it was awful. Oh, and I just thought of another horror element to this that really bothered me the whole time I was watching mm-hmm. it. I don't know if it bothered you, but the proportions make no sense. Oh, like how? So like, like they're either the biggest cats in the world. Or they're literally <laughs> smaller than mice. Right. So one second, like they're sitting at a dinner table and they're like literally the size of a small child. <laughs> and then the next second, it's like them li- all lined up on a railroad, like actually the size of a rat. Right. And like, if all the like most of those sets are like included include CGI, so like why couldn't they have like one had fixed proportions or two just spent that same energy on costuming and proportions? Like I don't. Oh my god, you're so right. Like honestly, like they like in the same scene, like say the scene where Victoria is like rummaging around with our two rapscallions, like stealing shit from this wealthy family, right? Um, Mungo, Jerry, and Rumple teaser. Obviously, Chris, their names are difficult to say, so I often don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, they'll like put on earrings, and they're like so Human ridiculously earrings. massive, like yes! bigger than their head. And then you're right; they'll sit at the table and like pick up a fork, and it's fine. And then they, and then you have <laughs> the you know the Jones like fat cat song. And the dumps, the trash cans are literally the size of Mount Vesuvius. And there's no way that, like, they can't even reach into them. Like, it's ridiculous. You're right. It's ridiculous. And it makes me very angry. Oh, my God. Because, Chris, you know, they, they actually built a lot of those sets. Like, you can walk onto those sets. Amazing. They built them. They built the buildings. And they built them wrong. They built the proportions wrong. Oh, my God. And then you have literally three different... CGI companies working on this and they couldn't Three. And they couldn't even figure out fixed proportions. No, they couldn't do it. It was too hard for them. Oh my god. All right. Well, guys, I think it's time. Okay. I think it's time to go through this movie. <sighs> okay. Cuz there's more than we've talked about so oh far. My god, there's so much that we haven't even touched. It's unbearable how much meat is on this bone as you like to say. So much meat on this bone. Oh, but first, I do want to um I need to introduce what a jellicle is because that's very important. Absolutely. Okay. So you're going to be hearing a lot about jellicle cats. So jellicle cats um, is from T.S. Eliot himself, obviously. And it is, I guess it's supposed to be like short, like street slang for dear little cat. It's completely made up, but it's dear little cat. 
And like the opposite of that would be a pollicle dog, which is a poor little dog. Right. There aren't any dogs in this musical, but I just felt like I did a lot of research. And honestly, thank <laughs> and God. I just that would have gone too far. <laughs> Had they tried to induce introduce dogs like, like a like a just... like a rumble between the jellical cats and the pollicle oh dogs. my god then it literally just would be west side story but worse y'all start donating for the cat secret <laughs> tom needs dogs. your support <laughs> dogs. okay sorry okay. go ahead so, let's talk about this movie if you've ever wondered how a multi-train train crash starts i'll tell you <laughs> it starts with francesca hayworth in a knapsack hayward sorry so we start with a scene that obviously never happened in the Broadway show because they created Victoria's character in some sort of bastard monstrosity. So basically, she's in an knapsack. She gets thrown out of an old buggy because someone's disposing of their cat in a horrifying way by throwing them into a dumpster. Yeah. We instantly get over the oh. horror of that very real life situation. Because it's okay that she got completely abandoned by her unloving humans because now she's in a singing and dancing cat colony who love and accept her instantly, which is exactly what happens in cat colonies. They just accept accept (laughs) newcomers. Who's this strange feral cat in my territory? How hello. Come join our (laughs) ritual suicide. You're just in time. We're going to kill someone, but we want it. Okay, so she's in a knapsack. All the other cats are like... Oh, my God. Who are you? Let's, like, <laughs> welcome to the Jellicle Cats. We're going to, like, start. Okay, so we have several songs about the Jellicle Cats, right? It's safe to say, yes, <laughs> we do. And these are and these songs are all from the Broadway show. And it's basically the Jellicle Cats sort of explaining, in this case, to Victoria, but in the stage show, to the human audience, because they realize that they're being watched. Um, what a jellical cat is and what does it mean to be a jellical cat and what does it mean <laughs> to be a cat really and the lyrics exp- while they say that they're going to explain these things don't proceed to do that essentially no toe touch jellical cats <laughs> so they're basically like okay so we're a community of jellical cats um we, You're forgetting about the jellical ball. That's kind of important. Yeah. So they introduce like we're having this ball and it's basically where the jellical cats. So the jellical cats aren't a true cat colony, right? Like they're not a feral cat colony. Some of them are feral cats. No, they are actually Some of them are actors <laughs> in CGI suits. This isn't real, guys. <laughs> it's make-believe. <laughs> it's make-believe. So the jellical cats, cats. So they're, it, it's kind of like Secret Life of Pets where all of these cats from different households are feral. They We're come not together. watching that now. <laughs> they all come together and once a year Some they have, have this thing they don't. call a jellical ball, which is basically where the oldest cat in the colony picks Ch- one to die. Mm-hmm. And they don't really get, they don't really explain that part. They're just like, oh, they she picks whoever gets to go to um, the, the heavy side layer. If you're looking for sense, you're looking in the wrong place. But you're right. They like don't explain it to Victoria at all. They're like, okay, one of us is going to compete to get murdered by Judy Dench. And she's like, what? And they're like, magical mystery. <laughs> right. They're like, okay. Moving right so along. So they introduce the Jellicle Ball. And thank God for um, Monka Strap because he is our narrator. And he is t- talking to Victoria. And he's like, listen, we're having this ball. 
And it's all about who gets to go to the heavy side layer. We are jellical cats. Don't ask too many questions. Try to keep up. Try, try to keep up. It is impossible. <laughs> so we instantly skip from all of the jellical cat choir songs, which objectively you don't need to know or listen to because they're wildly less helpful than you'd think they would be. Mm-hmm. And then we go into Monk. Let's go straight to Janani Dots. We go to Monka Strap's lover. It's pretty obvious. His They're lover? fucking. Can we agree? Jenny, any dots and Monka Strap? It's obvious. I did not. It was not obvious to oh, me. Oh, I'm sorry. It, you were not drinking for horny spots when you should have then because. I was uncomfortable drinking as I was watching Rebel Wilson shove humanoid cockroaches into her mouth. Fair point. But so let me, Monka Strap and Jenny Anidots are having their own nighttime choir sessions and Anyone who's heard cats know what I'm know what I'm talking about. Everybody drink. Everybody drink. So, oh my God, we should, we should have done a drinking game for this podcast, but it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> so he introduces us to Jenny Annie Dots, who is Rebel Wilson, and her whole shtick is that she's a fat house cat who never leaves the kitchen and teaches mice and cockroaches how to sing and dance. And mm-hmm. Jenny, he introduces her because dots. he's like, she is our first, she's one of our competitors to become the Jellicle choice, right? Why the hell would J- J- Judy pick her? Literally no one would. And that's kind of, that's a huge point of the musical, right? Is that the whole musical, we see multiple cats give their pitch. Each cat has a song where they give their pitch, their reasoning for why they should be picked as the Jellicle choice. And it's all leading up to that. And so Rebel Wilson, Jenny Annie Dots, her pitch for why she should be the jungle choice is because she is able to teach mice to sing jazz and cockroaches to do tap dance. Not a great argument. I'm looking up Jenny any dots from the musical because I do not remember her. Oh, Rebel Wilson actually is like not too far off in the, in the stage show. She also removes several layers of flesh and then does a tap dance number. It's kind of coming back right now because <laughs> she's in like this like flapper cat suit. Mm-hmm. But that's only after the, she right. removes a very large layer of insulation. Like the big. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. My uncle was a saint. That's what I'm just going to leave this at <laughs> as I look at these costumes. Anyways. Anyway, that's Jenny Any Dots. That's Jenny. And that's gents. Jenny Any Dots. And, and, and so you sort of get the point over over the course of the musical that some cats are more deserving of the Jellicle choice than others, assuming that being murdered is a good thing. <laughs> oh my God. And Jenny and Anots is a bad choice because she's a fat house cat who has like a great life. Mm-hmm. And she eats. Victoria has full on drank the Kool-Aid at this and she point. Eats she's like, I want to go. I want to go to the heavy She's side like, I would now. love to be murdered by you guys. Like That <laughs> sounds super I'm clutch. in. But I do have to say that Rebel Wilson tap dancing as a cat and then eating humanoid cockroaches. Mm -hmm. The cockroaches are people. It's people with people faces as the trend goes. As cockroaches. In cockroach CGI. Marching. And that is objectively the most horrifying scene of the movie. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like. There was a lot of um, shouting at that scene at the rowdy. Like, holy shit. It was very rowdy. Oh, my God. But then um, we get to be treated to objectively the least deserving cat. Yes. Which is Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. I mean, he doesn't even have a very big bulge. Why should he get picked? Yeah. Judy is not impressed, guys. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, oh, great. Let the eunuch win. That's nice. (laughs) Let that one win. Absolutely not. 
So Rumtum Tugger is like the sexy cat. Like that's his thing, I guess. Yeah, he's, and, he's um, like the rock star cat. Yeah. And he's always been a sexualized they, role. Like that is true to form. Not quite. Not quite this, this level. Sexualized. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, here, drink my like, milk. Yeah, mm. it's a bit much. And it's all like Jason Derulo. Like if you like his singing, whatever, it doesn't fit super great. No. Like, his dancing I liked. The choreography I didn't, but his dancing I thought he did okay. Yeah. But all of it was disturbing. Very much so. Like, I, if, I, if I never have to see two adult humans in cat CGI leaning over a giant pot, saucer of milk, lapping it up together, I, could, I, would, I would live a happy life. Once was more I than would li- I would love to never see that again. Mm-hmm. So he then, like, they bust into a milk bar, and he's, like, dancing all over the milk bar. He's, like, the size of a cockroach dancing on this gigantic bar. Mm-hmm. And all the lady cats are, like, waving their tails. Up. There's a lot of tails raised in the air, mm-hmm. like, visible little humanoid cat butts. So they're all raising their tails at him. Everyone's drinking. They should have CGI'd, like, the second like rule. accurate-looking cat anuses to make it yeah, more assholes. realistic. Yeah, assholes. Yeah. 100%. That would have been nice. And and this is the scene where all of us take our milk shots. Oh, um, my God. They literally like we sat down and like, hey, just let, letting you know, um, at some point we're going to be passing out milk shots. Please don't ask why. Do you have any dietary restrictions? We have almonds. Oh, my God. And <laughs> like, you're all like, wow. sign me up. Hello. This like, is going to be what? amazing. Nick just looks at me. I'm like, mm, yes, please. Yeah, mm, let me chase down that other alcohol I was drinking with some nice half and a half. shot of milk. God. So I did not take my milk shot, but I did raise it in the air because I was again two margaritas deep. So then we move on to Bustopher Jones. Well, well, first we introduce Grizabella. Rum oh, that's Tugger, right. I forgot. His song abruptly ends with a haggard J HUD. Crawling towards the group, being like, hello, mm-hmm. I would like some milk. <laughs> and, oh my God. and the cats are like, okay, get, get the fuck out of here. Ew, like, gross. You are, Old lady you are cat. Repugnant. Leave. And they explain to Victoria that this is Grizabella. She used to be the glamour cat, right? But now we all hate her. Because yeah, and they and they sort of (laughs) insert a line where they're like, "Oh, it's because she went off with McCavity, and now look at her." So they that they did insert that. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the stage production, we they hate her for. I think it's because (laughs) she's she's ugly. ugly. Yeah, she used to be the glamour cat, and now her like press on nails are broken, and she's got wrinkles, (laughs) and we don't like her anymore. And in this mm-hmm. one, they're like, oh, she went off with McCavity because no one could convincingly believe that they hate J-Head because she's ugly. No. Oh. <laughs> it's like young J-Head. Like, go like ahead, young put face. her in a tattered fur jacket. No <laughs> one's going to, like, not think that she's gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. They. Oh, she's still wearing lipstick. Though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's still a glamour cat. But so they hiss her away, and then she very uncomfortably gets on all fours and crawls away, which none of the yeah, cats have does. really done at this point, and it felt no. very wrong <laughs> watching she her. Did, there's no crawl way her agent knew before she signed the contract that they were going to have her crawling around on the ground. Yeah, so that's not great. That's not great. So anyway, we're done with her. We're we moving on her. to. We have like 29 more cats and the, to and go, people. They did so. put that whole like bit about her being the glamour cat. That's a song that in the stage production happens way later. They just moved it here for reasons unknown. To make it make the um, writing go smoother. Did you not find that it made the writing move smoother? Actually, 
surprisingly, Kate, I did. I actually, (laughs) I do actually think that while I think they did Grizabella a little dirty, I think the way they rewrote her plotline made me care about her just a little bit more. Like they gave her, they gave her a plot, which I almost appreciated. I remember like crying at Elaine Page as Grizabella. So that's all I really remember. Because she's flawed, because she's Elaine Page. But, um, I, I'm not going to make any arguments there because I honestly haven't seen the stage production in a very long time. Fair enough. I do. I, I just think the grade. way they, the way they rewrote her plot made more linear sense than the original stage show. What's this with her going off with McCavity? No, though? I hate that part. They should never have done yeah. that. Yeah. What was <laughs> that? that? No okay. Sense. Anyway. So we haven't introduced McCavity yet, but he's Idris Elba, the bad, the bad yeah, cat. And they're just talking to Victoria like, oh, he, she fucked some cat that we don't like and now we hate her. <laughs> And, and no, Victoria's like, too. so that's major slut shaming. I'm totally <laughs> going to get this girl cool. to get murdered by all of you in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. I'm the <laughs> She hero. has a plan now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now we're moving on to cat. I guess this is cat number four. Other than like Monka Strap and Victoria, I mean, it's the, the third contestant. Candidate. The third candidate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's Bustopher Jones, who is the... Yet another just like he's the eating cat, yeah, I he's guess. The fat cat. Um, so he's the one that eats out of the garbage, and that's and that's um James Corden. God bless him. God bless. It's a it's not it's not good. It's really it's just not a very entertaining bit. It's it's not. It's literally just him and like a monocle like dancing around garbage and eating garbage. It's horrifying. Yeah, and then and then McCavity like captures him by like tempting him with some more garbage and we're all like, Well, this is I'm like, don't you have a, like your own talk show, James? Like you don't have to do this. James, you were into the woods. You an didn't a, need to an do actually this. successful Another... like <laughs> film rendition of a musical. I didn't like it, but we're that's we're not here to but talk But it's objectively about that. better so, than this one. Can we... <laughs> Oh yeah, that's not a hard argument to make. So I guess now we go to the fourth context. Are we moving on to? The- is I don't remember what happens. Next. Okay, so I know who the fourth context. So basically, is. he gets kidnapped, um, and we didn't. And so like for so rebel, she got so okay. Jenny Annie dots. She got abducted already mm-hmm. by McCavity, which also did not happen in the show. And then Bustopher Jones, he gets captured, which we explicitly watch by McCavity. Also, never actually mm-hmm. happens in the stage production, but they had to make him more evil or something. Um, he's like, he's capturing the contestants so that he will be like win by default i guess right and well yeah that's his whole thing i don't he wasn't competing in the stage production i didn't think mm, he wanted to be the wasn't choice he just, like, but the he wasn't cat? competing yeah he wanted to be chosen he's just like angry but he was gonna like yeah so so that's his whole thing he's gonna steal all the competitive competitors so that he's the immediate choice it's ridiculous because like she like J- judy dench could pick literally any other there's cat. like eight billion cats <laughs> she doesn't have anyways we don't have to get into that but so after that all the cats disperse and so now mm-hmm. victoria is stuck with um well she like wanders off and she gets stuck with rumple teaser and mungo jerry and there are rapscallion cats who show her how to steal shit from rich people. And we have this whole song that is actually supposed to just be them, but they've inserted Victoria for continuity, I guess. <laughs> they I guess. needed a, a protagonist and they chose her. I guess. So give her this. That's fair. Right. And so, and so we have this whole scene, which, you know, we've sort of already alluded to. The biggest thing about it is that the proportions make no sense. 
They make no um, sense. And then a dog almost kills them, and um, she gets a abandoned by dog. them and saved by our lovely Mr. Mistopheles, who is Mr. not currently boning Victoria, but would love to if <laughs> if the I assume arises. she's pregnant with like eight of his kittens by the end of this scene. Almost by the end of the movie, at no least. Doubt. Yeah, like it definitely <laughs> happens. So he saves her, and we see that he has like a major love interest, and he, he wants to be the narrator of the movie, but he is no monkey strap. So no, sorry, he's dude. like this like um, embarrassed, shy magician cat. Yeah, he's he's like a little tuxedo kitten. He's not a kitten. Well, he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be a kitten. Is he supposed to be a kitten? Yeah, and that's why he's not good at magic is because he's just a kitten. Then why is he trying to bone Victoria? Because he's going through his horny stage. Cats come into fertility very early, as we know. Yeah, because they wanted to stay with reproductive actors. That's what it was. That (laughs) my God. No, I didn't know he was supposed to be a kitten. Mm -hmm. Ew. It makes oh, everything God. just a okay. little bit worse. Victoria's yeah, a cougar. Yeah, because he nuzzles her the whole time. Mm-hmm. All okay, those horny moments were enough. just like an eight-week that's old enough. kitten. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So we're done with Mr. Mistopheles for now. Yeah. And everyone just sort of forgets that they literally watched Bustopher Jones get aggressively kidnapped by McCavity. They're like, okay, cool. They're like, we have 27 more introductions to go. We're like, we can't. Yeah, we can't. Bickering and argue about who got abducted. And <laughs> <laughs> worry about those things. So they go back to the Egyptian, which is the big rundown hall, which is where the Jellicle cats are doing their ball. Somewhere at this point in the movie, it, it all starts blurring. So they end up back at the Egyptian, and they have another genuinely terrifying scene where they explain what. They, they have another Jellicle Cat song where they're like, oh, these are what Jellicle Cats are. They're black and white. They're small, but they're also big sometimes. And they all come <laughs> together to kill someone once a year. And then they have what we're meant to believe as the audience is the beginning of the ball, which in the stage play is yeah, everyone's the entire dancing. show. And they have this really yeah. terrifying dance where Judy Dench is there. So Deuteronomy shows up and it's Judy Dench and we're like, yes, queen. And they have this horrifying dance with the moonlight and they all have like a joint seizure and collapse. Yeah, that's it's right. It's very Midsummer-esque, actually. It is. And then Victoria's like, okay, that was cool. I'm going to like just step outside for some air, like real quick, right? And then we have memory number one. So she walks outside yes. and J-Hud is like just cr- curled up next to a light uh, lamppost and she sings a... Well, because, like, Cassandra, like, picked on her and, like, kicked her out. Yeah, exactly. Because she... The whole... Her whole thing in the show is trying to, like, come into the ball. And, like, she she wants to be picked. Quietly but die. no one will let her compete. She's, like... Also, old Deuteronomy is, like, here. And she's, like, not saying very much. Can we just talk about that for a minute? Yeah. Well, and that's... Like, she doesn't help her Well, no, and that's the same in the stage time. play, too. Like, old Deuteronomy is, like, sympathetic to Grisabelle the whole time, but they're not going to, like... You're like, nah, I, I'm not going to, like, rock the charity. ball. Like, no one likes her. Like, <laughs> And she's literally... Like, Grisabelle, the whole, her whole plot point, her whole thing is, like, she's like, fucking just kill me, okay? Like, Let me, stop give me a shunning me. Literally under. just kill me, okay? <laughs> I want to like, be the no. sacrifice. And like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can pick a fat cat. <laughs> And so she sings a devastatingly beautiful rendition of memory, and I have no criticisms. 
Except for her whiskers are still creepy in this rendition. Fair enough. And then Mm -hmm. Francesca Victoria, she sings a song that no one asked for and no one needed about how she's like, hey, it's like super sad that no one likes you, but I have a family now. Those those are the lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I get it. I was also abandoned, but then I was immediately accepted into a colony and now I have like these these beautiful ghosts to dance with like the ghosts i assume are the you. dead cats who we've previously murdered unclear unclear and it's just like it's supposed to be like a like a like a response song to memory and it totally falls flat and it doesn't work but old deuteronomy sees it and she's like oh my my cold old heart is stirred by this and then victoria just like goes back inside and like we're done with that does a solo okay. or something and then we have ian mckellen the theater cat Gus Gus asparagus asparagus and this this scene is without flaw and I have nothing to say about it yeah I'm good like it's pretty solid like because it's there's not creepy dancing and it's pretty much just Ian McKellen delivering like a singing monologue and it lands perfectly like yeah it does it does great like it's very true to the original it's Ian McKellen so like no arguments there uh yeah Excellent. There is a part right before he starts singing where he's lapping a fucking saucer of milk and I almost vomited. <gasps> oh my God. I can't handle that. Why That's must right. we keep revisiting the lapping of milk? That's I don't like right. it. Also, <laughs> That's right. p- PSA, do not give your cats don't milk. Don't give your cats milk. <laughs> Can we just like erase this from like public awareness? Yeah. I-, I would say like, I swear to God, like half the time that people bring in cats are like, well, you know, he wasn't eating much. So I offered him some milk. Stop like, it. Why would that be your go-to? <laughs> Stop it. Well, I saw it on Tom and Jerry once, so I figured it's Ugh. good enough for Tom. <laughs> it's good enough for Tom. It's good enough for Mr. Mistopheles, <laughs> my cat. Now, what happens after? So Gus finishes his whole bit, and then we have... Yeah. Skimbleshanks. Yeah, then we have Skimbleshanks, the, the railway, railway cat, cat. Who That's his whole comes thing. He's in, like his cat whole, by a train. His whole, like, shtick. His, so his his argument for why he should be murdered is because trains would literally not run if he was not there so take me away and it's not a great argument but he's a good tap dancer (laughs) so i guess that's his that's his appeal i don't know i loved him he was everybody's favorite in the theater i was at that's hilarious i don't know like we were all pro skimble it's just like the whole scene doesn't make any sense so they get transported magically to like a railway and like you said they're like infinitesimally small now for some reason I and don't there's know. a rail track inside of this old concert hall, I which don't makes know, sense Chris. to me. Um, and so at this point in the so in this point in the show, in this point in the Jellicle Ball, let's say, we've had mm-hmm. Jenny Annie Dots, who's like, "Murder me because I can make cockroaches dance, and that's like cool. Like I'm a good stage director." Then we have Rum Tum Tugger, who's like, "Murder me because I'm sexy as fuck, and I gave you all free milk, mm-hmm. and that should be enough reason now for all you of owe you. Me. Now you owe me. <laughs> uh, also, my bulge is bigger. They're just like editing it away. Believe me. Oh my god. It's there it's, though, I promise Judy. you. It's just like more flaccid than usual. It's cold out. <laughs> like, a little bit of shrinkage, but not too much because I don't play that. You know." Then we have Bustopher Jones, who's like, pick me because I eat garbage. But eat I, trash. I'm a connoisseur of trash. <laughs> and then we have Gus. Gus, who's like, pick me because I'm ancient. I've lived a long life. I've contributed to society. And now I have palsy and I'm dying anyways. 
And you're like, well, fuck, that's like a really strong argument. It's pretty um, uh, toe-in-toe for me with Gus and Grizabella. Right, like they both deserved to be murdered. A peaceful euthanasia. Yeah, they both deserved it. Like they have the best (laughs) arguments for sure. And then we have, as we just described, our railway cat, Skimbleshanks. Skimbleshanks. like, pick me because then the humans will have no way to get public transportation anymore. And like, that's Mm -hmm. super hot. I have the catchiest song. I have the catchiest song. (laughs) And so then everything falls apart because McCavity's henchmen, who include our rapscallion thief cats and... They have names? Taylor Swift. Yes. You are the ones who know their names. It's Rumpelteaser and Mungo Jerry. Oh, why were they involved with McCavity? They're with McCavity and they help drug all of the other cats with catnip. Oh, I forgot that was them because that doesn't make sense. Because it doesn't make sense and it doesn't happen in the okay. stage production at all. No. All so right. I didn't catch that. It's and Bomblerina, who is Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. And they do this whole thing where they drug everybody with catnip. With catnip. And then it just gets everyone to like abandon old Deuteronomy and go with McCavity because that's how drugs work. And then mm-hmm. McCavity shows up and he's like, oh, my God, here I am. I'm doing my thing. Like, where are all the other contestants? They're not here. I'm going to apparate Judy Dench up here. She Pick me. And Judy Dench is like, um, fuck no. you. I have like 80 cats here that I could easily pick without you. (laughs) I'm sort of feeling Victoria lately. Like you're not really a runner up. Like you're not even a runner up right now. McCavity is like, okay, cool. Abducts her. Didn't think this through. Yeah. And so he takes her to this like barge on the Thames where he's been keeping all of his captors under the lock and key of this other cat whose name I forget because he's not a character in the real show. He has a name. He has a name. They say it at one point. I don't, I don't remember. I don't care. It is not important. It's not important. They try to make her walk the plank. That's right. Apparently, she walks the plank for a very long time. <laughs> for a whole musical number. For a whole number, musical number. Because then we're, so we're back. The cats have come <laughs> out of their drug well, like never fugue. was there ever <laughs> a cat so clever as a kitten. Yeah. So. Magical So all Mr. the cats are like, um, what the fuck? Rumble Teaser and Mungle Jerry, like, why did you drug us? And they're like, I don't know. We thought it was funny and we didn't think he was going to, like, <laughs> abduct her and stuff. And they're like, well, now there's no choice. The Like, we have to murder someone by dawn or <laughs> our tradition. Yeah, they off. didn't bring that up until just yeah, now. Yeah, like, we have to do it by dawn. It has to be under the Jellicle Moon. And so then, like, well, the only thing, the only way to get old Deuteronomy back is with magic. And some Duh. some genius in the crowd was like, hey, Mr. Mistopheles is a magician. It was Victoria. <laughs> Victoria solves the, the puzzle. Right. And so then we have a very long song about Mr. Mistopheles. I've already sung most of it. It's just that 80 times. And it's lovely. <laughs> and okay. so Mr. Mistopheles uses his magic to bring old Deuteronomy back and it works and it's a mm-hmm. touching moment. And then all of a sudden he realizes that the power has been with him all along and then he can do some really like crazy shit with his magic without even trying. And Victoria's into Victoria it. is like ovulating as we speak. Like she yeah. is like, yes, yes, sir. She's making room in her uterus <laughs> for the kittens. Exactly. <laughs> She's like, you have induced my ovulation. Fun fact, everyone, cats <laughs> are in fact induced ovulators. They are. Cats and llamas, right? Llamas can do that. Too, yeah, right? llamas are also induced ovulators, which is why they have that cartilaginous um, pillar sticking off the end of their penis. 
Veterinary fun What would you like better? And please, um, club members, write in your preference. Would you like like a penis to have barbs on it to stimulate your ovulation? (laughs) Or would you rather have a cartilaginous battering ram? Mm, It's a really tough choice. It's a hard choice. (laughs) It really is. I'm just upset they couldn't manage to put that in this script. I feel like there was room for I think it. We were leaning a in that direction. A whole song, perhaps. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, anyway, Victoria's super into it. They're dancing, and they're, like, becoming mates. And then we go back to the barge, and Jenny Any Dots unzips her second flesh suit and, like, jumps out of her bonds and, like, gets the other cats and leaves. So then we go back to the Jellicle Ball, and it's finally yes. fucking time for the Jellicle Choice. The Jellicle Choice. But who will Judy da, da, Dench da, da, pick? Da, da, da. And Victoria's like, wait, we can't make the choice without Grizabella, the glamour Your cat. favorite cat. <laughs> lesbian cats. Lesbian cats. Right, and so she starts singing Memory Reprise. She invites J-Hud, Grizabella in, and is like, sing for them like make your pitch and so then we all sob Mm -hmm. and judy dench is like yeah you're right your life has been really hard (laughs) let's hella murder you so (laughs) grizabella so they tie her to the fire (laughs) so they put her inside (laughs) of the um chandelier with a giant hot air balloon on it because that was there this whole time and they send her into the sky and then they all go outside. I, she's still they floating all go out there. They the square to watch her float away and die. And of starvation because she got sent to in a hot right, air balloon. That's, that's with how no it rations. Ends. Okay. <laughs> and then they sing a song where Judy Dench breaks character, break, or breaks fourth wall, I mean. Breaks character. Um, oh. And then sings to you about cats and how you should respect them and you should interact with them. Just realize that they don't like you very much. At some point, you know you will eventually develop a relationship with them and you can call them by their name. And then... Wait, we forgot. McCavity still tries oh, right. to like... Oh, right. like, wait, me though. But his magic is gone. He tries to jump onto the... Yeah, he tries to jump onto like the hot air balloon chandelier. And I... Does he fall to his no, death? No, he doesn't. He falls on top of a statue and then he can't get away because he can't That's operate right. anymore for uh, no explicable reason. That's right. Because the Jellicle Moon, maybe? maybe. I don't know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> anyway. And then that's the movie. Then we left in a group stunned silence. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I can't wait for the scoreboard for this one. <sighs> Let's pull it up, shall okay. we? So the scoreboard, for those of you who are new listeners, is on our Tumblr, nightlighthorrormovieclub.com. And this is where we arbitrarily rank all the movies that we watch. <laughs> That's a good word for so it. So I'm not um, even going to talk about the first, the, um, first place people because like, this movie is not relevant to that. Oh, I think this is a new number one. <laughs> I think there's no contest. It's the Jellicle it's the Choice. the Jellicle Choice. <laughs> sure. I mean, if that means murdering okay. it ritualistically. Let's go like to the, let's go down, shall we? Let's just scroll down. Okay, so the bottom of our list. So the last four are Troll 2, which has a slightly better IMDb score than this movie. It does. Black Christmas, Prom um, Night, and Jeepers Creepers. Oh my God. It just, it doesn't fit. It. I doesn't fit. I don't know where to put it, Chris. I don't know where to put it. Um, Because, like, each week we kind of just make up what defining factor we're picking. Um, If we're going off of sheer horror, it should go higher. Yeah, we're talking scare factor. This is easily number one. (laughs) If we're talking watchability. Easily the last. (laughs) I 
I have mixed feelings. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Let's let's do it in relation to Troll Two. Like Troll Two is a movie that I will tell people to watch, and I've told people to watch it. I'm like, hey, this is this like hilarious movie that you've got to like experience. I'm never gonna say that about Cats. I don't know. I think like I, I would might. watch Cats with people only in the context of doing it in a group with a drinking game. Well, that's what you do with Troll too. Kind of. No, I want that sober. I want to feel everything. <laughs> um, okay, if, if I had to make an argument for giving cats more credit, I would say that I would, I, to me, and I'm not the only one who thinks this, it, I feel like this could be the next Rocky Horror Picture movie. Like, they're, like as I mentioned, uh, I went to like a sing-along production. No. Not like the next, not like the next, but it has a, it has a market there. It has a market for like having rowdy showings sure but like it's not going to it be literally a has cult sold classic out. as you say like i don't it's know not going I to d- be i like, don't know because like rocky horror rocky horror picture show is ridiculous but it's also objectively good yeah that's fair whereas this movie is that's ridiculous fair. and we're just making fun of it people don't go to rocky horror picture show because they're making fun of it they go because they like putting on fishnets, watching other people sing and dance in fishnets and throw hot dogs at a movie screen. Literally interactive showings of this movie are selling out internationally. More than the actual vanilla showings. Like much like serious, like they are sold out. I think if people embrace this movie as a cult Stop it. interactive, not going to say classic, <laughs> but a cult Ugh. movie, I think it would have a market. Is it disgusting? Yes. Is it horrifying? Yes. Am I going to watch it again? I I don't know. I couldn't tell you the answer to that. I'll honestly. watch it again, like as, as I said, in a group with a drinking game. But I'm never going to be yeah, like, oh, yeah. it's Friday night. What should I put on? Uh, the 2019 well, I'm not going to fire movie. up Troll 2. <laughs> I'm not going to fire up Troll 2 or The Nun or Children of the Corn, which are all in like the same bottom area of our Truly. scoreboard. So I don't know. It's below Halloween. Which is thirty one on our list. I think I think it's safe to put it in like the bottom. Oh my god! The few five. listeners who survived our criticism of Halloween and are still listening would not stand oh. for this movie to go higher. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, "All right, and I understand." Final straw. <laughs> I would I would say that this it, is it's worse than Halloween. It's worse than Children of the Corn. Wait, maybe. I see. That's where I'm stuck because. This was scarier than Children of the Corn to me. And it's also more enjoyable. Yes. I think that I'm, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's, I think it should be above Troll 2, honestly. It's better than The Nun because that movie was just like. Garbage. They, they didn't even try to do something there. They didn't try. I don't think they tried here either. But at least to be they fair. started with would, some solid base material. At least they have actors singers. in it. Mm-hmm. So I would, I think that this for me is like, new number 32 out of 38 yeah like not all the way at the bottom but yeah it's not it's not a proud place yeah, to be i do agree okay. actually <laughs> good that's good all right oh my cool. god all right so the new number 32 cats love it live it enjoy it tell your friends tell your friends watch it in fishnets or whatever you um, need to do and thanks to everybody who um supported our choice to do this movie this was super fun. This was definitely one of my favorite movies to cover. I feel like sure. I took it too seriously, and I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because it turned into a Broadway it podcast. It did, which I care so much about. <laughs> yeah. So I I enjoyed 
covering this movie with you guys. And I would love to hear what you guys thought as well, assuming that you guys paid to watch it oh, like God. we did because it's not on DVD yet. So um, please let us know. Write into our email address. It's nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. Um, give us a shout on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. We love talking with you guys. That's how mm-hmm. this very silly episode yeah. happened. So thank you. So now comes the time for us to pick our movie for our next episode. Okay, so I actually have come up with a movie that I think we should do. So we're not doing a, a club pick this we're not time? Gonna, we're not going to do a club pick this time. We do have a couple waiting in the w- wing, which we will absolutely get to next time. But I've been sitting on this movie for the entire podcast thus far. And I think it's time oh. that I finally bring it to light as a movie that I've actually seen. I willingly, okay. I willingly this watched podcast. this film before this podcast happened. And it is one of the fundamental reasons why I hate horror films. <laughs> what is it? So it keeps in our theme of fantastical nonsense with cats. And it is cool. a movie. I don't Great. know if you've heard of it, Kate. It's sort of weird and not like super mainstream. At least I don't think it was. Um, but it's called Darkness Falls. Darkness Falls. Yes. Is that it's, the, it's one the one? About the murderous. Whenever we were like in fourth um, grade. Fairy, yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I was so okay. I had never, I've never seen that movie. And I remember being in like fourth grade and everyone like coming to recess and talking about it. And I had nightmares. What for the like fuck were all these fourth graders years. doing watching horror films? I did not, they did not have good oh parents, God. but I've never seen it. No, that's, oh my God. Are we watching Darkness yes. Falls? One of the only horror I'm films actually a little I've scared. ever seen prior to this podcast. I'm a little bit nervous. I just like the little, the like little fourth grader in me is like, no, you promised <laughs> you, you wouldn't promised watch it. Me. <laughs> yeah, so it's literally a movie about a murderous tooth fairy. So we're like, if the lights are off, she mm-hmm. can like kill you. <laughs> okay. No joke. We'll like. I'm gonna wait till we get into this movie, but this that movie irrevocably altered my life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my and not for the better. And it is one of the primary reasons why when you recommended we do a podcast about horror films, every molecule in my Did body you think about that? <laughs> wanted to run away and hide. And it's all because of this bad movie. This bad movie from like the early to mid 2000s. Yes. Can't wait. I really can't wait. I'm so excited. Okay. All right. Darkness all right. Falls, everybody. <laughs> if you so haven't seen it, watch Darkness it. Falls. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay. And I won't tell you anything until we meet again until Excellent. to talk about it. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's it. Chris is um, going to make us watch Darkness Falls together. Um, thank you guys for listening to our Cats episode. Please, if you feel inclined, read us a, write us a good review on wherever you get your podcast. People read them and it really helps us grow Absolutely. our club so we can do more stupid movies and less Darkness Falls, <laughs> which I am a little bit nervous That's awesome. About. I love this change of pace. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't feel good. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for, as as Kate said, sticking us sticking around for this ridiculous episode. But it was genuinely scary. And I'm glad that I got to talk about something <laughs> yes. I'm actually passionate about, which is musical <laughs> theater. And we will absolutely see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Now, as Graham was saying, tonight is all about sustainability. So... <laughs> So I made this dress by sewing two old dresses together. (laughs) The red is from that one time I didn't win Miss Australia. And the black is from a funeral I just went to 
for the feature film Cats. <laughs> Strangely, not nominated for any awards. 